What I did notice yesterday was the fog came down. I was going home about eight. I was pulling into the house about eight o'clock, and the fog came down, and it was quite heavy. I have to say, last night. Uh, so just be careful. Just be careful out there. By the way, don't forget to join Gary McMahon for Ace, the Arts, Culture and Entertainment Show with Gary McMahon this evening here on Galway BFM at 7 o'clock. And Gary looks at the new season uh, from the Galway Film Society starting this weekend. A wonderful group they are. Brianna brings their new show uh, for children aged 8 plus, The Table, uh, by Christian O'Reilly, directed by Mark McLaughlin at the Town Hall Theatre next week. I'm looking forward to that. And Gary talks to Mark on that. And local musical hero Alton Conlon is in concert with John Douglas of the uh, Trash Can Sinatras in Antiviac this weekend. And Gary will get the lowdown on this. And more from 7 o'clock on Ace with Ace. Uh, Galway brought to you in association with Bradley's Bar of Laban. Biggie Lynn, I guess listen in. And now let me move on today because my next guest uh, joined us last week and we were talking about uh, the smell of raw sewage uh, in and around the Gorda area. So we put calls into Irish Water. Uh, I even got the local supervisor's uh, director um, number. I've rang him. No answer. I've rang previous staff members. Those phones have changed. Uh, We've emailed the press office and we have no uh, comeback. It's just, just deafening silence, to be quite honest. Uh, but let me go to Councillor Joe Byrne, who joins me on the line today. Joe, uh, the stench in Gort is just as bad, if not worse, because worse because there hasn't been rain either. Yeah, and thanks, Keith. There's a touch of the Groundhog Day film about you, your, your conversation with me this morning. We've done this before. Yeah, I, I received an email last evening, uh, just after half eight, and effectively there was sewage flowing across the road from Super Value out of a manhole. I mean... Quite incredible. Um, I notified Irish Water. I got no response. I tried to contact the operations lead of in Galway of Irish Water. I got no response, noting I did get a text this morning from the same person. Um, but it's just the continual interference with everything about God at the moment. I mean, if you just take super value in Gort, and I don't want to highlight any one particular business, but that business last evening was selling fresh foods and they effectively couldn't have the door of their shop open. Um, and that is just not good enough. And the 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 non communication from Irish Water is totally unacceptable. Uh, so much so that um, Kieran Cannon TD uh, raised the matter in a dull debate on the twenty fourth of January, and Minister the Minister Dar O'Brien um, confirmed that he would talk to Niall Gleeson, the CEO of Irish Water. And Kieran Cannon has requested a, a, a meeting with with the CEO. Uh, of Irish Water and Ike which I hopefully will attend also. But um, like I, I wrote Keith on, on the 1st of February, I also wrote again about, about problems with, with Irish Water uh, smells in the town of Gort. And I got an acknowledgement number 59160. And that's been the sum amount of response from Irish Water in the last nine days. 59160. It's, it's 59160. So that's my acknowledgement number. So if I check that in six months' time, it'll probably be still there. Acknowledgement number 59160. Okay, but Joe, I'm just... So you're saying it was um, flowing across the road, a public road. So what happens if somebody's out for a walk and it gets on their shoes or on a buggy or on a wheelchair and they're pushing themselves in a wheelchair and and they and then their hands get soiled? It's, it's now a health issue as well as a, a water issue, an Irish water issue. This is a health issue at this stage. There, there's a huge health issue in, in the town of Gort with the ongoing problems with, with sewage, both from a smell perspective, but also 
this example of sewage flowing out of a manhole. But I mean, from a health point of view, that should not be allowed to happen. What happens if somebody gets some kind of bacteria or salmonella or some sort of an illness out of that? They'll clog up the, the health system in Galway. Well, they will, and, and, and things like this, Keith, you know, do, do the health and well-being of people, but either that, that aspect of it needs to be, because there there are businesses and premises and shop owners, and there's there's people residing in Gart who, who effectively cannot have the front door open, or they cannot, at times now, by the way, at times, or their windows open, and this last night, you know, in a way, it's, it's maybe the straw that's broken the camel's back, and I have a motion brought forward for our municipal district meeting next Monday that requests Irish Water to carry out emergency investigation in into the adequacy of the whole sewage system in the town of Gart. But, you know, Keith, the problem is, you know, we're in the lowest rung of the political ladder. And, you know, it's really disheartening for myself and, and other local councillors that when people contact us, we're not able to do the basic tool of communicating with Irish Water, who in turn would give us some information. And that's really disheartening. So when I was home last night at 10, half 10 last night and receiving text messages, receiving WhatsApp messages, receiving messages on Facebook like, you know, it's very disheartening for someone like myself that I'm not able to um, impress the basics of communication from a public body like Irish Water. And, and Joe, I'm just wondering, and again, I'm just uh, I'm thinking outside the box here, what about those big tankers, the likes of the Walt Waste or Barna Waste, whatever they are, and they go around in the empty safety tanks as well. Could they empty some of these gullies just temporarily just to take the flow until such time as uh, reduce it? If, if there's a couple of tanker loads taken out of it, um, yeah, but I, I would assume last night that when I got the text message this morning that, that, that a tanker of some description came and, and unblocked the manhole. But you see, the problem is that we're, we're having these uh, occasions too often. And when you have something too often, a bandage doesn't start to solve the problem. Um, there is obviously a fundamental problem with, with the whole sewage network in, in the town of Gart. And that's what really, I know there was works done to upgrade the wastewater, the, the waste treatment plant about three years ago, which probably incre- increased the capacity. But as I you know, made the point to you previously, Keith, like we're looking at probably building over 300 houses in Gart in the next five years. And, you know, the real disappointing thing is, you know, if, 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 if a house went for planning permission in the town of Gart at the moment to connect to a treatment plant, could Galway County Council, in their wisdom, say that there's an adequate sewage system for no, that development? the answer is no. That's the real question. The answer is no. You're an engineer as well, so you know what you're talking about. The answer there, in my opinion, your own thought process, absolutely no. And to be quite honest, the, the building of 300 housing gort in the very near future is is not going to go ahead until such time as the sewage situation is sorted out. And yeah, not to mention the water, but that's and, and again another discussion. So oh, look, look at keep, keep trying, keep trying to communicate. I can't. I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not giving up on this one. But the lines are open. I've tr- I've tried past employees. And I got a grumpy man that didn't like and wouldn't talk to me. Uh, so maybe his... Yeah. I rang Sean Corrigan's number and it went to somebody else and some grumpy man answered it. And I said, is that Sean Corrigan? Sean does, has nothing got to do with Irish Water, but he's a great communicator. I rang every other yeah. number that I had, uh, yeah. except John Tierney, because I, I wouldn't be bothering him, but he was one of the first chief executives of Irish Water and he's no longer there. But I mean, we've called definitely five, seven numbers over the last yeah, so 48 hours and I'm getting I, I think there's an old expression in life start at the top and work your way down so now it's time that Niall Gleeson the Chief Executive Officer of Irish Water responded to you and responded to the people of Gart to solve this problem once and for all and what bothers me Joe is as a by the way the, the receipt or the note that you got back with the uh, 59160 does that mean that there's been 59,160 complaints gone into Irish Water? 
Oh, we'd imagine. Well, well, what we have is we we have a local rep support scheme. So, by local rep, we we as local reps have direct access to to get information from Irish Water. So, I would assume that that relates to the cumulative number of councillors who've been on Irish Water all over the country on numerous issues. Like for myself, I probably you mean Irish just councillors, just fifty, sixty, seventy times uh, a year. You know. So just councillors, 59,100, if the numbers are right, and I'm sure they started at 0001. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, they might, not, they might have started as rookie. I don't know. I have no idea. I can't answer that one. Okay, well, that's... But uh, it's, a good, it's a good point. It's a good point. I don't know. Is so somebody out let's there... Keep, okay, so let's, keep, let's keep... Uh, Let's keep trying because all we can do, and I want to know myself, and I'm liaising closely with Kieran Cannon since last night, all I can do is try and try my best to impress upon the CEO of Irish Water to, to solve to solve the problem in GART ASAP. Yeah, but we have public health on talking to us about washing our hands and we're talking about getting vaccines for this and vaccines for that and vaccines for the other. And then you have raw sewage coming out in the central GART near a, near a supermarket and they're trying yeah. to do a job. And all you want is a few people in the in the area to get some kind of a bug and then you've got a problem, so you have. I mean, yeah, yeah. In, in 2023, with all due respects, we should not see raw sewage on the street of a major town in a county like Galway. End of story. Full stop. No commas, no exclamation marks. Full stop. Well put. No emoji, no nothing. Thanks. All right, thanks for joining us, uh, Joe Byrne, for joining us uh, today on the program. What do you think? Uh, please let us know uh, to 09177 and uh, do so straight away. And you can also WhatsApp us uh, to our WhatsApp number, which is 086 With thanks to the team at Rational Windows, your local Windows suppliers. Um, I'm going to give you a chance uh, to enter our competition again today. I'm going to do it every hour because I want to. Be, I just want to be nice today. Kind of unique, maybe, but I want to be nice today. Uh, who means the world to you? Your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your life partner? Your mum, your dad, your brother, your best friend. Uh, who would you be lost without? We want to mark Valentine's Day this year by giving uh, that someone uh, important in your life uh, a token of your and your regard of love as well. Uh, throughout Monday, uh, we'll be giving away beautiful bouquets of flowers and a menswear voucher as well. So if you'd like to enter our draw, you can register now. So you, to enter, text or WhatsApp the word love and your name and name of the person that you would like. That means the world to you. Any person that just means, it doesn't have to be a family member, can be a family member, uh, but that person that means the world to you. Is it that carer that comes in? Is it that person that rings you to make sure you're okay at night time? Is it that person that drops you to school uh, in the morning time? Who is that person that means the world to you? So tune in on Monday and see who wins there. We also have a special Valentine's treat to be won. A one-night B&B for two at Galway's Hidden Gems, which is my Carn Lodge. A uh, beautiful location on the Marina in Port Nick in Banlasloe. And all entries will go forward their Valentine's Day draw so you can have two chances to win. So text the word love or what's that the word love uh, to the following number 086 38 33 55 3 uh, with your name and the name of the person that means the world to you. One winner per show is selected on Monday the 13th and all entries go forward to Tuesday's draw for the weekend away in my Carn Lodge as well. So there you go it's a one night package uh, for two uh, to Goldwood's Hidden Gem my Carn Lodge M-O-Y-C-A-R-N and uh, more about that in the next hour. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. A very good morning to you. Welcome into uh, today's programme. Now the comment lines are all open. If you want to uh, uh, get in contact with us, you can do so uh, today. Feel free to do so and do so 
uh, straight away. Don't forget that competition, by the way. Uh, I'm only giving you 30 seconds of it, but kind of always associate this, so I do, with um, uh, it's John Paul Young Loves in the Year. I always associate that, so I do, uh, around this time of year. So get those uh, names into us. Text the word love plus your name and the person that means the world to you and get it into 086 38 33 uh, Jerry Coffey joins me on the line. He's president of um, the IPA, IPAV indeed. And uh, we're looking at the Institute of Professional Auctioneers and Valuers. And he joins you on the line today. Jerry, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Keith, and good morning to your listeners. Thanks for joining us. Is it true that you're a Ballinlock native? That's correct, Keith, yeah. Were you president of Michael Glavies? I was chairman of Michael Glavies during oh, yeah. our great run to an All-Ireland final See, uh, some years ago. So it's, it's a bit like artificial intelligence. We now have identified you as being the correct man to have on the wireless this morning. Congratulations, <laughs> though. Uh, Ali filled me in on you. He said you're a good guy, so you are. And, um, yeah. But we're looking today, and a strong demand continues to drive land prices. Um, is it for farming the land prices are being driven, or is it potential, perhaps, development? I know, it wouldn't be. It's, it's mainly in the farm, and I suppose this has all been driven by the dairy expansion that has happened on the last number of years. But I suppose farming changes uh, over the years, but I suppose one thing that's great in, in, in farming nowadays is that beef prices are at a record high uh, and dairy prices are at a record high. So as one former politician said years ago, if the farmer is doing well, there's money in the economy and it's good for the economy. So farmers are on this expansion uh, trajectory and uh, it's mainly driven by the dairymen and you know that's that's the way it's gone for the last year and i think it's going to continue into the future as well but it's quite expensive when you when you look at it down here um you're looking at um prices could be um some areas are now achieving as much as twenty five thousand an acre while others are as low as seven thousand an acre but roughly it's running about uh twelve thousand two hundred thirty one an acre uh up uh from eight thousand seven hundred and fifty when the report began in 2016. That's quite a significant annual rise in the cost of uh, land. It is, yeah. I suppose the the way it's, as I said to you there, they're not making any more of it. So it's 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 that farming has has increased. I suppose when we started our report, as you correctly said there, it was 8750 and it's gone up. I suppose when you look at anything to do with averages, it's probably driven in the east coast and the south of the country where there is probably on the edge of towns. There may be a small bit of development potential on it. But mainly if you look at our region in the west of Ireland, we're averaging probably up to eight to 10,000. I suppose the other thing that that traditionally in the west of Ireland, the forestry always put a floor under the market, and forestry was probably paying three to four thousand a couple of years ago. Then they went up to four to five. Now they're probably with this new Gresham House deal, they're probably looking at six thousand. So that's going to put a floor in it. So it's like anything, a rising t- tide will lift all boats, so the price will go up uh, pro rata. But is there land being sold? Um like that, like the like the numbers we're talking about. Is there land in, in, in County Galway being sold like that? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's there's a certain amount of farms. Probably in 2022, probably after the COVID and all that, more land probably came to the market. But I suppose there's as the, the old saying nothing brings out a crowd of people like either a, a funeral or a, a public auction of land. So it is driven. I suppose money was cheap. Maybe with interest rates on the way up, it might put a little bit of a dampener on it. But money was cheap. The expansion was there. Uh, land was the was was the, 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 the key thing to have. I suppose investors were coming in buying the larger blocks of land, maybe the 50 to 100 acres, because if they subsequently lease that land out, they can get an annual return of maybe 3.5 to 4% tax-free. So that was ha- better than having 
a couple hundred thousand stuck in the bank. So the investors were coming in and leasing that land out. But I suppose the future, you're saying, well, what is it? If you look at the demographics of the, the farmers that are there, I think the, in 10 years' time, I've seen a survey recently, most farmers will be between 65 and 70 years of age. So I don't know if more land will come to the market, if we will go to forestry just don't know what the, the future holds for farming in one sense. But you see, this is where you have, and this is what really bothers me. I mean, you have talking about investors like that coming in and having the money to do so. But all of a sudden then, they're pushing the price up for the indigenous farming family that might like to acquire that land. Yeah, but also on the on the flip side of that as well is that maybe you get a young enterprising farmer there, he doesn't have the ability or the facility to borrow money for it, but at least he can enter into a 10 to 15 year lease for land off someone. So they're both winners in that, because I think if you look at the system that's in Ireland uh, compared to our neighbours in the UK, there's a lot of uh, landlords in the UK and there's still lots of farming going on, but it's generally where younger farmers who may not be able to buy land, but at least if they can rent that 20 to 30 to 50 acre block it's great for them or otherwise they probably would be excluded from farming so there's, so, there's what, both sides of kind. so I mean say if um, give me a typical say maybe 60 acre uh, what could you lease that for on an annual basis you could in some parts of the country it, if, if it was suitable for uh, like the typical size that you said they are 60 acres would be ideal for what's known as a milking platform or, or something like that so it would be a good block of land you could get three to four hundred euros if that was in the right location for that generally what happens in, in lots three to of four hundred euros per dollars. acre is it yeah per acre yeah per year okay so that's twenty four thousand. yeah you, you have the yeah. calculator. I was trying to do it in my head. I could hear you doing no, the calculator. No, I was doing <laughs> it. wasn't even working the calculator when I went to press the buttons on it. But 6, 4 is 24, yeah? So yeah. that's that's the kind of thing. But like if you take some guy that might be able to service a loan, but at least if he can afford to pay 24,000, he can lease that land. And if you enter into a lease for 10 years for it, you can say to the landowner, at least your land will be left back to you in, in a better state in 10 years' time because you can put a management plan in place to keep the quality of the land upwards. So there's lots of those leases been done 10 years ago those it was all on the 11 month letting but now because of the government introducing the tax-free element of it it is uh, there's a lot more land coming to market for lease and it, it, it's better because often you may find some farmer who's maybe 60 years of age his son has no interest in farming i would if he came into my office or into other auctioneers office i'd say to him look at if you lease this land for 10 years or in 20 years at least you'll still have it in farmland if you plant it in forestry it'll be forestry forever so uh, you can decide then if you want to come back from dublin or your city job in 10 or 20 years time you can still still continue to farm this land so there's a big growth in the the way of of, of pushing lands towards leasing i i don't uh, again you can you can you can inform me but i mean i spoke to somebody that i would know who's a farmer and uh in the east of the county i have to say now uh, and a good friend but he was looking at the whole um forestry side of things but he said it'll just tie up his land for 40 years and he'll be 100 he's 60 now same age as i am and he'll be he'll be 100 and he said really and truly when i'm 100 i mightn't be alive just to enjoy it so he's decided not to go the forestry route yeah, and I'd agree with that sentiment as well. And I've said it to people in my office, if you plant it once, it's gone forever. But I think I'd also be, as you mentioned earlier in the interview about the GA, I'm involved in the GA all my life. I'd be saying, like, if you plant too much forestry in, in Ireland, it's the death knell of rural communities. You lose your GA club, your national school, all that. We don't want to end up here in a in a forestry zone in the west of Ireland. I'm all for environment and all that. And if you look at the, the West Connemara area, all beautiful landscape there. And the EU is, is, is saying now, you don't plant that 
that land. You just let it grow wild. And that's a great thing. But I think forestry, there's definitely need for a forestry, but you need to plant the right type of trees in it, but don't plant all the land in forestry. And that's where I have an issue. I think we need to continue on farming. And as you correctly said about your friend there, when he's 100, you know, it's no good having a forestry and the people behind him just don't want some forestry. At least yeah. if you lease that land, you can continue to farm it in, a, in an environmentally friendly way. And that's the way it's going. Uh, people, farmers are the custodians of the environment and they're the people that do more for the environment. They're planting hedgerows over many, many number of environmental okay. schemes there. So farmers always respect the environment. You know? Sherry Caffey, how can you stand over a statement by saying that if you continue to plant forestry that it's going to affect supermarkets, businesses, schools and otherwise... How, what sort of an outlandish statement is that you might be asking? Well, I wouldn't say it, but like if if you, you if said you it. end up planting, you did say it though. Oh yeah, and I and I and I'll explain to it. If you end up with all these areas, a lot of people don't want to live beside forestries and and, and all that. So eventually, they'll move out of the rural areas and they move into the bigger cities of population. So you'll end up with rural areas that are vacated, that are absent, and that's what will happen. We don't want to see lots and lots of forestry planted all over the west of Ireland. There's no problem. I've no problem with farmers planting forestry into their lands or all that, but I do have a problem with some of the institutional buyers that are going to come in no, and try and snap taken. up this land. But, but why don't people want to live beside a forest? Well, sometimes they say in the summer times, there's a pro- if you get hot weather, there's problems with flies and all that. So there's, there's lots say. of things. There's lots. Say. Like I think the problem, Keith, is that sometimes when you plant these. Um, uh, conifers and all that like some of the lakes I spoke to a friend of mine last night who was from County Clare and he said the lake that when he was a young lad was all they were all fishing in it but because the pines are going into the far, into the lake now there's no fish or no life in, in that lake so that's not great for the environment either No it's not um, but yeah anyway it's, 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 we, we're not going to sort it today but I'm kind of shocked by people not living beside forestry there's, there's a forest within if you're living in the country there's a forest within a mile of nearly every house, I would think. Yeah, sometimes, and I do agree with little bits of forestry, Keats. I suppose we're looking at the scale of it here. Scale, like yeah. I live near Clunfad, and there's lovely scenic forest walks up there where lots yeah. of people go. But I think you need to have the right type of trees being planted in some of these forests, and that's what I would be saying. A lot more. Let's go back to some of the old traditional broadleaves and all that, and there, that's what needs to be planted. But I suppose that's what farmers are doing, and uh, farmland is still still an asset out there, and people are still paying big money for it. Yeah, but you look at it, it is an asset, but when it's the sold, it's gone and the money is gone altogether. Well, it is, but like we had fears there over the years, like with Brexit and all these, like Brexit hasn't affected the value of land. Uh, you know, the war in Ukraine, the COVID, all these things come along. But I think once you have land, it's great to have farmland there. It's great to see rural communities surviving and uh, it's great to see part-time farmers out there. But I suppose, as I said to you earlier on, the demographics is we have an aging population. We don't know what's going to happen with that land, whether it'll be still continue to be farmed in 20 or 30 years' time or whether it'll be just uh, sown into forestry, you know? Yeah, or else it could be just used to build on, to just, I mean, we have a housing shortage and that'll be the next thing. We have a massive housing shortage in Ireland, and uh, but, but we also have other problems there in relation to housing. I think the cost of building materials is very high. Uh, I also think the planning laws need to be changed, and I'd also say that we have a shortage of labour. And I think the growth of modular homes, and, and that's going to be a big thing in the next uh, couple of years here for people, is the, the growth of these modular homes. And you can to build these factory-built houses, have your site prepared, and, and have a good wooden structure, steel structure in it, and that's going to be the way to solve the possibility the labour crisis that's out there. 
All right, uh, Jerry. thanks for joining us uh, today. The Institute of Professional Engineers and Valuers. Uh, Jerry Coffey, thank you, as president of uh, the IPAV. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm sticking with land uh, today because uh, on, what well, was a Monday last was that I was at the uh, cinema. And when I came out from the cinema, I got a good few texts in relation to uh, an issue in the College Road Lockathalia area. And it was to do with a, a form of a land grab. Um, and one of those calls was from my next guest, indeed, who is Councillor Noel Larkin, who joins me on the line today. And uh, Noel, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Oopsies, I've just lost off the line there. Can we see, can we try and grab him back up there again? Uh, he was there, I had him. Uh, he just fell off the system. Uh, but yeah, it, it's the subject of legal action, so we will be very careful uh, in this regard. Um, it's happened before elsewhere, indeed, in Renmore and otherwise. Uh, but we'll just, just see, can we try and get uh, Noel on this one? Uh, I had him, and unfortunately, I think we have him back again here today. Uh, Councillor Noel Larkin, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Thanks for joining us. Now, you were one of those people who made contact with me on Monday in relation to, and again, this is subject to, we're told, this is subject to legal actions, so we have to be very careful. Uh, a form of yeah. a land grab uh, in the College Road Lockathalia area. Uh, you've spoken to the council on this. I have, yeah. I actually thought maybe that there was a um, uh, part of the repenting that the, the for the biodiversity that the council are doing, but it's actually not, you know, so um, they've taken legal action on it now, and uh, it'll obviously go to the courts in from there. Uh, so, and uh, are, you, are you confident, I know you're working today, so you're in a bad area there, but are you confident currently that um, um, that the correct action has been taken in this regard? The, the land is in public ownership, I'm told. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all part of the council land there, like all that um, area at the at the back of the huntsman and that. So um, yeah, it's council property, uh, and it's been infringed. So they're gonna they're gonna take legal action now. And have they um, have they issued that legal proceedings yet? They have. Yeah, it's gone legal already. I've been told. Um, I, I spoke with the council extensively uh, over the last two days about it, and it, it is actually action is being taken now. Okay, so, so then. Um, I suppose, yeah, you're right. We have to be careful with it um, and let, let the legal action take its course. Um, and we'll see where, where it goes from there then. Uh, yeah, because we had got, you, you had gotten some calls and I had, so it was a concerted effort on on the Monday and um, in relation to this on the Bank Holiday Monday because people only found out about it because there was trees and all that planted and uh, there was some fencing and some wiring going in. Um, so... So you just want to reassure the residents in that area mm. uh, that you're on top yeah. of it and that yeah. you, you have to leave it in the hands of the law at this stage. Mm. Well, that whole area there, Keith, I suppose, Lockatolia uh, Bay and area, like all that green area, like we, do, we could do a whole lot more with that area to enhance it um, for, for the betterment of everybody in the community. In that anywhere else across Europe where you've got an inlet coming in, um, green area, you know, it would be a nice area like for people to sit out if you, if we got any piece of a summer at all and have picnic tables and and maybe even maybe even water sports on the on the on Unlock it all, yeah. Like uh, it'd be good to see it developed and it'd be for everybody. Yeah, so um, the, the the plot of land we're yeah, talking about right here if it's the What's the, pl- that? the plot of land that we're looking at, if you stand, if you stand at the front door of the G Hotel and look straight ahead, uh, it's on the right hand side. Yeah. Uh, left hand side is Renmore on the right hand side there. And again, we're right we're, side, we're, yeah. we're we're being yeah. very careful legally because this is the subject of legal mm-hmm. action. But just to to yeah. re- reassure people that 
um, it will be resolved via the legal consultation and the legal route uh, one way or the other. Yeah. So if it's council or not council, uh, that can be resolved uh, at that court situation. Yeah, I'm quite sure it can be. Okay, well, will, sure will you come back to us, um, Councillor Larka, when you have further details yeah. on it? Just to allay the fear okay. of those in College Road who've made contact with us and Lakatolia and College Road and elsewhere as well. The Jews did as a bit of an amenity there. Um, we have dealt with this and we dealt with it fairly swiftly, I have to say. Uh, but uh, Councillor Larka dealt with it fairly swiftly. It's 10.39, we're back just after these. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Now, very good morning to you. Uh, Patricia Hines joins me from Employment Services on the line today. Uh, Patricia, what have you got for us? How are you today? Uh, great, thank you, Keith, and a very good morning to you and your listeners. Yeah, lots of jobs this morning, uh, Keith, on offer. And the first we'll start off with is we are looking for a bricklayer with a company in Ballinasloe. Now, duties for this particular job will include block laying, bricklaying, and associated works. And relevant experience is required, and a driving license and basic English is an advantage. Now, we're also looking for an operations manager for a golf tour company here in Galway City. This particular job will involve developing operations, strategies and long-term business plans and maximising business performance. Also overseeing the accounting department and reviewing budgets, revenue growth and profitability. Now, candidates must have at least five years experience, a bachelor's degree in business or a closely related discipline and experience with planning and leading strategic initiatives. Now, also this morning, Keith, we have a role for a community employment assistance supervisor. Now, this particular role will involve assisting the supervisor in the management of the community employment scheme. And this is a full-time position. Now, also this morning, we have a role for manufacturing operators with a design and manufacturing company for the aerospace and outer space industries. And this particular company is based in Inverin. Now, role will involve manual dexterity and a leaving certificate or equivalent is preferred, although not essential. Proficiency in the English language is required and driving license is also required. Now, also this morning, Keith, we're looking for a service delivery manager for a money budgeting service company here in Galway. Now, a successful applicant will be responsible for the delivery of a timely, efficient and effective high quality money advice service. Now, applicants should have experience of working in an advice advocacy role with a diversity of clients. And applicants also should have a minimum level seven qualification in either finance, law, social science or community development. Now, also this morning at Stain the City, Keith, we have a role for an electrical quantity surveyor for an engineering company here in Galway. A minimum of four years plus experience of quantity surveying is an advantage and experience working on electrical value projects in excess of four million. And applicants should have a detailed knowledge of commercial management and quantity surveying. Now, as always, Keith, further information and indeed application for all our jobs this morning can be made by logging on to jobsireland.ie. Or indeed, if you are an employer or a company out there and looking for support with recruiting for vacancies, please do get in contact with us and you'll find us at jobsireland.ie. All right, Patricia, have a good and a safe week. Thank you for joining us uh, today on the uh, programme. Again, jobsireland.ie. An awful lot of you want to... uh 
send presents to loved ones uh, this Valentine's Day. And again, we asked you to send in some details and we're getting wives, a lot of wives, a lot of husbands and uh, some boyfriends thrown in there as well, uh, partners and boyfriends and otherwise. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's quite a few of you have uh, thrown your name in the mix on that one, I have to say. Uh, so well done uh, to all involved in that. Um, don't forget this coming Friday morning, we're going to be coming to you live from Hedford. We have a cracking programme, so we have uh, all lined up for you from Hedford this coming Friday morning. We'll be there from nine o'clock right through until 12 midday. And we're actually talking to locals and people uh, on the ground. So that's this coming Friday morning. And currently we're working also uh, on um, Friday fortnight which is going to be in uh, Bohemore. We have a cracking programme coming from there uh, that we're tying down later on today. So we are we're working with the likes of uh, Phil Kennedy and um, Councillor uh, Deputy, sorry, Senator Ali Crow and others that are assisting us on it. So uh, head for this coming Friday. And then from there, we will be going to, um, two weeks later, we'll be going to Bohemore. And then two weeks later, we're in my column. So uh, there you go. And... Let me go, though, to uh, Gerardine Hines, who joins me on the line uh, today uh, in relation to the wonderful Gratham uh, 23. Indeed, the Galway Bilingual Business Awards are now open for nominations. And I cannot, I really and truly cannot believe we're at this time of year again. Uh, Gerardine, great to talk to you again. How are you today? Good morning, Keith. How are you? I'm great. The Mayor of Galway City, Claude Higgins, unveiled the uh, sponsors for the Gratham 2023 at a press um, reception held, indeed, in uh, Galway Chamber. And uh, the closing date for the Gratham Awards is fairly tight. So it is Friday the 17th of February. Um, it's tight yes. every year, but then it does focus people's minds, doesn't it? It is. And even though the closing date is next Friday... All we need at this stage is to get people's names in. So there's a short application form that they fill out, giving their contact details. And that's all we need at this stage. Then we go and we meet every business that would like our organisation that is involved. We work with them over the next three months to increase the amount of Gaelge in their business or organisation. So there's plenty of time for people who may not have Gaelge in their business already to work with us and to inc- and to introduce it or increase it and have a fantastic Pakash to Olish information pack ready by the by April when the Multarek begins, when the judging process commences then. But you'll work with them. So I mean if you have little we or do. you if you have little or no Irish currently but you want to just nominate the company that you're involved in, uh, you can do so by just the simple process. And from there then you can work uh, on work get, with them. Work with GLEG and, and get um, and get that whole thing done before the uh, judging starts. That's it. That's it. And you don't need to be an Irish speaker to participate. It's completely free of charge, and there are. Um, massive benefits to any business who participates. There's great publicity involved with yourselves and the Galway Advertiser who is, are in the, in, on Galway Bay FM who have been sponsoring us for the past number of years as well as with the other other local media in Galway City. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful process. People have really enjoyed it over the years. Mm. They found that it has helped with morale. It has brought team building. It has helped with team building. And over the COVID years, it was something that focused people's minds at a time when a lot of businesses were closed. It was something that they could still work on and build on, even though the, the shop front may be closed for that time. So if I could just say, um, list the sponsors that the mayor unveiled yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, we, it would not be possible to do the Gratham without their support. So the main sponsor, uh, media sponsors, once again, the Galway Advertiser, 
TG Carr and Mulchgale are also involved. And we have five category sponsors. And if I could list them out, they are yourselves, Gurmila Mahag of Goy BFM, who are sponsoring the retail experience category, Falter Ireland, who are sponsoring the tourism category, Computer Troubleshooters, who are sponsoring the customer service category, the Goy Technology Centre, who are sponsoring the digital presence category, and Akadov Nahalskaliachta who are sponsoring the community and cultures category. Udras Nagelsukta are sponsoring the miniature gra- versions of the Gratham, which each category winner will be able to keep. And the Galway Chamber are providing sponsorship for the overall winner. And the total value of the sponsorship is over €27,000. So that's wow. fantastic in this day and age to get that support from all of, from all of the businesses. So Gurmila Mahagiv Galair. Um, so if they want to get further details, do they just go to the Galway website then from there? Yes. GLEG.ie. You, they can also anyone can give us a call 0915688876, and you can also find some more information on our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And again, the closing date just gra- um, garaging there for the Grathams is the seventeenth of February. So really and Friday truly, 17th. what you do is simply, quite simply, all you do, quite simply, is go onto the site, fill out the initial paperwork and get get involved from there. I know people that have been surprised that they won. I mean, like, I, I know the 12 Hotel won. Uh, I know many others have won. I know Mary's Fish won. Um, and I remember Griffin's Bakery many years ago, Jimmy Griffin. Yeah. Uh, they won the Galway yeah. Bay Hotel, have won in the past. Um, and, and every year I'm surprised by who wins because they've put the work into it. So it's it's all about putting the work in and keeping our language alive. That's it, exactly, Keith. And we've had many wonderful winners over the years from large multinationals to one-man, to smaller organisations, to people working sole traders. And it's, it's fantastic to see that all of these businesses feel that the Irish language is relevant to them and can play a part in promoting their business, in promoting the work that they do, and that they, that they have really enjoyed the process. So we would encourage anyone to give it a go. Absolutely. Well, what we're asking you to do quite simply then is uh, just go to uh, the Gallia of Legalga website quite simply, which is www.gleg.ie. Uh, you can be a startup, you can be an existing, you can be a sole trader, you can be a... You can be a cod trader, you can be anything you want to be on this one, so you can. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, but again, Friday, 17th of February, which is Friday, Fri- Friday week indeed. Friday week. And, and you have can to I also it. say, Keith, that you can nominate a business or an organisation for the Gratham as well? If you if your local shop is providing a service in Elga, or, is, or if you see them making an effort using the language, you can put their names forward and we can work with them as well. All right. Listen, well done to you. And uh, Gary, we look forward to working with you uh, throughout the year as well. But it's great to talk to you again. I spoke to you last week about something different altogether. So it's good yeah. indeed to have you uh, this week as well. Listen, mind yourself and thank you indeed for joining us uh, today on the uh, programme. Uh, some of the calls coming into us uh, today, by the way, um, as follows. Irish Water are disgraceful. Uh, they won't uh, answer calls or a thing. You're 100% correct, Keith, this caller said. The raw sewage is no worse than the slurry that the farmers are spreading. It's pure poison. Uh, the farmers can do what they like and nobody says boo to them, Keith. Another caller said, I'm sick and tired of farmers moaning. What about all the checks they're getting from Europe and all the sorts of subsidies that they are? They are worse than babies crying, get another job if you're not content being a farmer. 
fighting talk. And uh, Keith, it's fantastic to hear Polly from Evergreen back on air yesterday. Uh, she's so informative and we are delighted to hear her back. So on this Friday morning, we're coming to you live from um, Headford, so we are. And uh, quite simply, we'll be done with PJ Walsh, Carmelo O'Malley and Tom Joyce and Paddy Fahey. And uh, we'll also be joined by Ruth. Uh, we're looking at a bus survey down there. Ashton Kyo joins us. Uh, from Reimagine Headford and uh, um, John Middleton uh, joins us as well Ignatius Egan uh, from the Angling Club and many others uh, now joining us on Friday morning we're going to have a bit of fun down there we're going to have some music as well and uh, we are really looking forward to um, we are really looking forward indeed to, to this coming Friday live uh, from Headford uh, just got a message indeed from uh, the office of um, Kieran Cannon in relation to Irish Water and I do believe I can go to him straight away now. Uh, Kieran, good morning to you. Deputy Cannon, good morning to you. You were listening to Joe Byrne about the situation in Gort and you feel strike quite strongly about the way uh, TDs and local reps are being treated by Irish Water. I do, Joe, and I've or, sorry, Keith, uh, and I've raised this twice in the doll over the last couple this of weeks. This is not live line, time. I can tell you. This is not live line. Go again. <laughs> <laughs> I've raised this twice in the doll over the last couple of weeks uh, with the Minister, Dara O'Brien, and with the Taoiseach. Um, the last time was on the 24th of January. Uh, Dara O'Brien assured me that Niall Gleeson, the CEO, um, would be in contact. Um, he hasn't been. I've sent an email again just uh, 48 hours ago. And it's not alone an issue with Gort, and there are very serious issues in Gort with both the water supply and indeed the wastewater treatment system there, which is, has been malfunctioning now for a number of months. It's also Loch Ray, it's also Athenry, and it's an inability, or it looks like me almost to the point of refusal, where the very senior people in Irish water, who would you would hope would have some knowledge as to why these issues have arisen, what is being done to address them and what is being done to ensure they don't arise again, uh, that they would be able to communicate directly with those public representatives, both at local and at national level. And that communication simply is not happening, Keith. There's, it's bordering on just absolute disrespect for the people who pay for Irish water, the taxpayer, people who fund Irish water and the people who represent them. You've been trying um, with no success to get in, in communication. I've been trying, Joe has been trying, other public representatives have been trying, and, and to no avail. So mm-hmm. I've sought a, meet, a meeting now with the, the CEO, Niall Gleeson, um, and Joe and I will be attending that meeting. And we'll be simply asking for is a formal communications protocol so that whenever any issue like this arises in any of our East Galway or County Galway towns, that there's a formal line of communication that we can immediately gain access to and that gives us regular almost hourly updates as to why issues have arisen and what's been done to address them because in fairness to the people out there the taxpayers who fund irish water they turn to us for the information and rightly yeah. so um, but we're left bereft of information uh, and her ridiculously frustrated and annoyed at the fact that, you know, we're elected to represent people, we're elected to solve problems, elected to ensure that our towns have the proper water services infrastructure in place, and we can't get any answers, Keith. And it's not acceptable. And no, that's I, I, They've attempted to fob me off with some more junior members of the, of the staff in Irish Water. I've said, no, I want to meet directly with the CEO. It is him who leads the organisation. It is him who develops the ethos uh, uh, and the spirit of the organization and that and embedded in that ethos of the organization should be um, a timely and respectful response to public representatives and that currently isn't happening at the moment. No, I've come across another one in a housing estate in Galway that uh, they're 
communication skills are shocking, but I've, I've referred that to somebody else altogether to deal with. Uh, so quite simply, I mean, if there's any news on Irish Water, you come back to us. But, I mean, I and, and very, very briefly, uh, the picture that um, your councillor uh, colleague, indeed Joe Byrne, painted this morning, from a health and safety point of view, I'd have grave concerns that a town the size of court is having raw sewage coming down the road at 8 o'clock at night when people are coming out of a supermarket from health and safety point of view, it's not right. So that needs to be taken into account as well as the services. Uh, Deputy Kieran Cannon, thank you indeed for joining us uh, today on the programme. Your thoughts and comments, please, to the comment line 086 38 Do so straight away, please, and uh, we'll um, broadcast those in the next hour. And our thanks to Kieran Cannon for joining us. Uh, they're strong words, I have to say, coming from him as well. Now let's head towards the 11 o'clock news and death notices. Stay tuned for that and more to come. And again, all the lines are open. A very good morning to you. Welcome on into the programme. We're with you right through until 12 midday. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. 